Welcome to Kyla's Q&A. I'm Justin Myrick, and recently my son Drake said I need new intro music. So let's do this. Hey Dad, how about some college questions? Let's hear them. Let's hear them. All right, we're rolling with our latest episode of College Questions. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Today's question is, who is my neighbor? It's a great question because we know that when Jesus was asked the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, and soul. If I got that in the right order, <laughs> something like that. Something like that. And then uh, he said, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so the question that has to be asked is, who is my neighbor? And so we're excited to explore that question today. I'm also excited to have today's guest with us. This is a man that I've gotten to know over the few years working with college students at Arkansas Tech. Got a ton of respect for him. He is the college pastor at Victory Missionary Baptist here in Russellville. And so please welcome to the podcast, my friend, Kelly Roach. Kelly, thanks for coming to the podcast. Hey, Justin, thanks for letting me be here. Well, I appreciate it, man. And I'm excited to just launch the question. And so I kind of want to throw it your way. Uh, Who is my neighbor? Well, you know, that's a, that's a good question. And if we look back at that scripture uh, that we find in Luke uh, where that lawyer jumped up and well, he didn't really jump up, but you know, how, how he was questioning Jesus pretty good. Yes. And, and I kind of picture him as a smart aleck mm. at this particular point in time where, where Jesus had, had stated what you said. Um, he looks at him and says, all right, then, then who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And so he goes into the whole Good Samaritan spill and at the end of it he asked him now in verse 36 of luke chapter 10 he said so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the the thieves Mm. and he told him the one that showed mercy Mm. and so for us we look there's so many people in our neighborhood and Mm. and when i say in our neighborhood i'm talking about our family i'm talking about our acquaintances i'm talking about the person that's next to us in the dorm Mm-hmm. Uh, our roommates. I mean, they're all our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in our life, we, myself included, get kind of smart and say, what, are they really my neighbor? Is mm-hmm. that really somebody I should care about? And so I have to make sure that I show mercy mm-hmm. to people who are my neighbors. And so that's kind of, that's kind of where, uh, you know, being in your neighborhood, you know, having a mindset, a heart for people mm-hmm. in your neighborhood comes from well and i love that perspective and that challenge you gave of we're so quick when we see bad examples in scripture we're so quick to like oh you know like we do that with the pharisees and teachers of the law like how could they but i love your humility and and honesty to be like you know what i can easily be like this guy which is true of all of us if we're honest right it's like Mm -hmm. we want to pick and choose who our neighbor who we want to get to choose who we have to love or who we get to love right it's like and and i love your perspective of i've got to be aware of that in my own heart and then I've got to be honest with who is God putting around me. And I love how you walk through those. Um, why do you, I, why do you think it's important for us to acknowledge that it's not limited to like, man, you walk through some really cool, just practical things from classmates to roommates, to coworkers, to physical name. I mean, anybody, why do you think it's important for us to keep our perspective kind of big like that and not just be so how does that help us to maybe stay in line with what jesus was going for well because that's that's what jesus's idea is Mm. our our neighbors just aren't the people we're in contact with every day Mm. i mean he didn't come just to love a certain group he came to love everyone Mm. and that's where his example is for us you know 
we show mercy to, to everyone, not just those who align with our thought processes, uh, the people who we share blood with, uh, mm. but we, we show mercy to everybody. It doesn't matter what they think. You know, I'm quite mm. sure you're like I am. Man, you can have a different thought process than me, and, and if I don't check myself, I'm completely, no, that's wrong. Yeah. And I, and I want to come back and, and say this is why mm. it's wrong. But, but no, you've got your own thoughts. You've got your own ideas. Mm. Hopefully they align with the Bible, hmm. and that's where Jesus is. Mm. Hey, this is this is my belief. This is my train of thought. This is where I want to lead you. Hmm. Everybody's your neighbor. Hmm. Show them love, no matter what. That's good. So now you keep uh, referencing, you know, that word mercy. Mm-hmm. Man, I'd love to just hear from you and and kind of what that looks like because I didn't grow up in church, and you know, I'm sure we have a, you know, some people who listen do did, and some people didn't. But I think it's that's a word I'd love to break down. How would you describe, you know, showing mercy to a neighbor, or how? What, what, what's a picture of that? And no, that's a big word. We can, but what? What do you? What do you? What comes to mind when you mention this showing mercy to your neighbor? Well, you know, I, I'm a preacher's kid, and so I was raised in church, and um, I was raised. Uh, saw my dad go through quite a few challenges in his mm. ministries. Uh, I, I can remember, I'll just tell you a story real quick. Right. I, I can remember we had some church members giving dad some, some grief and they were standing in the parking lot. And at that time we lived in a parsonage that was right off the parking lot. And I was standing on the front porch. Let's say I was 10, 11, oh, 12, something like that. And at that time, I didn't understand what mercy was supposed to be, what it looked like. And I'm yelling at them from the porch. Now, I'm a preacher's kid, yelling at the church members from the porch. Yes, they were causing dad trouble. Yes, it was unscriptural. Yes, it was. But, you know, you troublemakers, I'm just yelling at them. Yeah. And next thing I know, my dad grabs me by the shoulder and literally chunks me in the house. That's what I wanted to do to them. Mm. You know, dad took me out of the situation. And I can remember that looking back, and I don't see my dad doing what I did. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a difficult time for him, he showed them mercy. Mm. He showed them love. Yes, he could have done exactly what I did. Mm. Yes, he mm. could have he could have taken them and chunked them. But instead, he chose to continue to love them, mm. continue to speak to them in truth and the mercy that Jesus talks about here. And so mercy in itself is taking ourself out of the equation and letting Jesus mm. speak through us. That's really powerful. You kind of make me think of, I heard somebody say once, um, you know, that it's easy to love those who, well, this in the, um, what scripture is that, right? I heard people talk about this reference, right? Like, um, it's, it's, it's kind of easy to love people who are loving you back, right? Mm-hmm. But to love someone who, in that scenario, you know, how cool is that of your dad? Here's these people who are doing something probably ungodly, which, by the way, if you're out there, you're, oh, man, you know, I don't know why for the life of it, some people just feel like it's their purpose in life to drive pastors crazy and always cause problems. And it's always an unbiblical approach. Right. Mm-hmm. But for your dad to show grace and mercy in that situation is powerful. Yes. Right. Because our 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 tendency, our natural reaction to that response is like to fight or flight. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, OK, if you want to throw blows, we can throw blows. Definitely. But he didn't. <laughs> He didn't, right? You yeah. were over there. Mm-hmm. You were trying to throw blows. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, and he's teaching you, son, this is not how we yeah. do it. That's a powerful lesson. Because yes, it was. just learning, that's what, it's easy to love people who love you, right? But the people who aren't that kind, 
right? Who aren't that nice, who don't like you, who show that they don't like you to love those people. Now we're just a different story because like we can talk, it's all fun and games until you're asking me now to love people who, which if, if, if we, which I agree with you, you're doing a a right interpretation of scripture, which is like, okay, I'm just going to look at what Jesus said about neighbors. And if it's everybody, it means it is going to people I disagree with on issues. And, you know, we don't look the same, act the same, react the same. And yet the command to love them doesn't change. No, man, that is, that's hard, right? Um, man, that's a, that's a challenge, I think. And so what do you think is something that can help us um, just kind of stay um, focused on how, how do we love our neighbor and how specifically do we show mercy and grace in situations where we know people aren't necessarily loving us back? Well, you know, and, and this thought right here isn't necessarily something I came up with, and it's probably a lot not new, but there is a cost to care. Mm. I mean, it's there's a, a huge cost, mm. uh, whether it's our time, whether it's our money, whether it's bringing us to a spot of being humble, mm. you know, caring for people. We've we got to have some humility about us. Mm. We've got to lower ourselves just a little bit. And so there is a cost to care, but there is a greater cost of not caring. Mm. And so that that's, uh, you know, if we don't care, where's our witness going to be? Mm. Where Where's the ability to, to tell them about Jesus? It's mm. not there. And so if we don't have uh, a caring heart, what what's the chances of us sparing somebody from hell? Mm. It, it's tough, right? Yeah. It, it's it's tough. And and we, we look in um, you know, if we look at another scripture in Matthew chapter five, uh, caring and having that mercy and, and seeing who our neighbors are, it's more than just a show. Mm. It, it, it's you know, there's a lot of people that'll do stuff just so it can be seen, mm-hmm. but it's more than just a show. So um, what's Matthew five? Go Matt, ahead and give Matt, us that. Matt, Matthew five. It, it says, "You shall love your neighbor." And no, sorry. It says, "You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And there's mm. there, there's more there, and, and it, it's more than a show. I mean, mm. it's it's we we've talked about this where you know it's it's tough to try to figure out who are the ones i show mercy to mm. jesus said bless them mm. love them it doesn't matter but don't do it so everybody can see it mm. and, and so it's more a show and the cost of caring is is great sometimes man i love that and honestly i mean just in in if you think about our culture just and the thing we have, I feel like we've lost the ability to find common ground with people, no matter what, you know, and we've lost the ability to do what you're saying, which is, I don't know what it is, but it's almost like, you know, if someone disagrees with you, people just lose their minds. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you can't function and they have, they, it's like their it's their job and goal in life now to get them to convert to their exact way of thinking. And I just don't understand that because I feel like if we're going to be honest with that command, which is a crazy thing Jesus said, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, you've heard it said, you know, love your neighbor, hate your neighbor. I'm, I'm telling you, love your enemy, pray for those who persecute yeah. you. This is a, this is a, um, a very new thing, and I, I mean, and it's a very hard thing, and yet I feel like it's so needed for us to hear right now because, 
man, you see you, most times you see people's response to whether it's disagreement or I mean, to that point, didn't he say like, um, well, I know earlier, Matthew, I was like, bless those who persecute you. Mm-hmm. Or is that what that were right there? Yeah, that that's, it's, it's all in so there. So bless those yeah. who persecute. So we're not talking about just people who do, but bless the people who are going to say bad things or be unkind or in, in a certain context, certainly we haven't experienced this in America yet, but persecution is a thing. And like, that's a whole, that's, that's hard for me to fathom that Jesus is literally saying, Hey, I, you, you love your neighbors yourself. And let's talk about who this is. It's not just the people that you align with spiritually. It's just not the people who align with you. It's like it is across the board, all of those things and everyone else who completely disagrees you and people who even go a whole nother step. It's one thing to disagree. Then it's another step to like start inflicting, like saying bad things about me, or which is probably what we're experiencing in America, right? We might have someone say something wrong about us or you know, they're jumping to conclusions or whatever. And, and what do people usually do? Their reaction is like losing their mind. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's not this. Yeah. And man, that, that gets my attention that, wait a second, this way of Jesus, it, it has a different type of response to enemies and a different type of response towards people who want to harm you, whether that's a verbal attack or a physical attack or whatever, that it is a different type of response. And, you know, I think that's uh that gets my attention. Yeah, it's you know we we all want to see people grow up, mm-hmm. right? We we want to see the kids grow and their mindset starts changing and they start becoming more adulting and doing all those things. Mm-hmm. And to do something like this, it's a mark of maturity on our mm-hmm. Christian lives. And that's good. Man, I I see so many people right now that they're not mature, let alone in their physical being. They're sure not mature in in mm. Jesus mm. and we're never going to get fully mature, but, but having a, a, a path yeah. where you're gaining maturity in what he does. And this is one of the things that you can do, mm. you know, somebody slaps you, turn another cheek. That's hard, mm. but it is a mark of maturity to be able to do that. And mm. you know, that's, he, he talks more about this, uh, um, Right above that in Matthew chapter 5, uh, in verse 38 through 42, <clears throat> excuse me, he, he says, An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you to resist an evil person. One who slaps your right cheek, turn to him the other. If he su- sues you, give him not only your shirt, mm-hmm. but your coat too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and here's one of the hardest things for us to, to do with this is mm-hmm. he says this. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. You know, back in, in in the time of the Roman occupation, if a Roman soldier says, you're carrying my pack, mm. then there were mile markers. And you'd carry it from here to here. And Jesus said, not only carry it there, but go further. Mm. And the hardest thing about that, the hardest thing about loving the people in your neighborhood, showing mercy is that first mile to actually saying, all right, I'm going to do it. Mm. And that's tough. That that's the that's the hardest thing to to have that maturity where you can say, you know what, I may not see things eye to eye to you, but I'm going to walk with you. Mm. I, I'm going to get it done. Mm. And then not only am I going to do that, I'm going to go farther with you. You know, and you know, I've thought about this a little bit. You know, mm. once we go that first mile, and we get to know somebody, how much they get to know us mm. and to see us. 
And so that second mile, how does the conversation change? Mm, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. You, you know, and, and, mm. and, it, and it, because we had that merciful heart mm. to begin with, now we've got a mature heart yeah. that we can actually go It gives you time with. to see common ground, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like in the beginning, you know, and that's one question I was thinking that I'd love to hear perspective on is if, yeah. if we're loving our neighbors, we're paying attention to who's around us. We're paying attention to how the spirit of God might lead us to interact with our neighbors, whether that be speak some words of life or um, if it's brothers and sisters in Christ, it might be to, you know, a, a rebuke in a, in a loving and gentle way that God's, you know, I don't know about you, but I want people in my life. If they see something in my life that's wrong, it's like, please, please tell yes. me. Even yes. if I respond wrong, mm-hmm. like just slap me and tell me like, you're, you need to listen to what I'm saying. You're wrong right here. Like that, the, these types of things or, or an act of service or uh, who knows, right? There's a, a thousand and a million different ways the spirit would lead for us to interact with neighbors. And when we do that and we like the person and we are comfortable around the person, like, okay, that that's the, I don't mean to say that's easy. That's it's easier, right? Mm-hmm. It's harder. If that person, we, we, we meet some conflict, right? Like we realize, wait a second, like me and this person don't jive. Mm-hmm. What are some practical things you can do when you go to interact with neighbors and when we say neighbors, I love your definition. We're talking about anybody, anybody in your sphere of influence or, or someone we don't even know right now that tomorrow we, God, it, it becomes your neighbor mm-hmm. because you meet them, right? In this scenario or this hobby you have or whatever. What's some steps we can take and practical applications to help make sure we don't just check out? Because I feel like that is most of the times what we do, right? It's like we're willing to love people, but if, the minute we see conflict and friction, it's like we're out. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with this person anymore. And we've got some real convenient excuses. We can even spiritualize those excuses, right? You know, oh, I prayed about that. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, I, I don't know that you did, but okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you what may have prayed, <laughs> but you didn't listen. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. So what are some things we can do to just hold ourselves accountable to am, am I loving the people that, you know, that they're that I just say friction because whatever it may be, whether they're doing wrong against me or we see things differently or what the, the million different things it could be that bring friction between people. Right. That's what happens. What are some things that you, we can do practically to hold ourselves accountable so we don't just immediately find excuses to get away and never interact with that neighbor again? Like, what are some things we can do to to make sure that we are um thinking about what Jesus said with what you shared from Matthew five and thinking about the things that, okay, wait a second. Like, does anything come to your mind of ways we could just, does that make, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That question I'm trying to, what do you yeah. think about that? Well, I, I'll give you a, a really good practical personal example. Okay. And I, I'm not saying that this is the greatest thing in the world and, and I'm correct. And, but, but, it, but it's an example. Okay. Uh, got a neighbor. The first time I ever met my neighbor was, one night I came home from church. He's wearing all black, banging on my door. We forgot to leave lights on outside. And so what do you think? First thing you drive up, somebody in all black in the dark comes straight towards your car. <laughs> yeah, what's I'm thinking what's going I, on. I, I'm yeah. I'm like, this isn't gonna turn yeah. out well. I'm yeah. either for me or him, somebody's, yeah. you know, gonna get shot, something. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what's gonna happen. Uh and he was mad because my dog had been barking. It really wasn't my na- my dog. It was my neighbor's dog that barks twenty four seven. Oh my goodness! And so we we had a conversation about it, and uh, and so we we went on. Three or four weeks later, we come back home from church again. Imagine that a preacher being at church. Come back home, and I've got this legal size note 
on my door no that was handwritten about how he had for 45 minutes sat there and watched my dog bark uh, it's a dog okay it, it yeah. barks yeah and we all have neighbors yes and neighbors do things that get on our nerves it could have been my dog i don't know but i haven't heard him bark for 45 minutes in his entire almost six years of existence yeah. put together and uh anyhow so i went back over there with the note in my hand and had this conversation with him now this is the second time i met my neighbor the first time that i met my neighbor didn't go well yep. because it was nine something yeah. at night it yeah. was dark and he was not and in a good he's angry and yeah, yeah. he was angry and um so we had a conversation uh, he wanted to buy a thing to go around my dog's neck with you know a bark collar and i was like mm-hmm. no we're not doing that and eventually we got down to the point where i started talking to him instead of trying to you know figure out what the problem was mm. and i told him who i was and what i did he goes oh man i'm sorry <laughs> like me being a preacher changes the fact that we're neighbors and mm. the only interaction that we've had was you angry at somebody that you didn't even know mm. so there for a couple of months well i don't know that it was months maybe more like weeks it probably felt like months yeah uh, our interaction wasn't wasn't great yeah you know because i didn't want to get involved in something that was like we've talked about already mm-hmm. that was uncomfortable a mm-hmm. situation that i really didn't know how to handle mm. but there's a really good application to this now we can talk now we wave at each other mm. uh now it's a, a simple thing of what do you need mm. i mean it's not all the time mm. Um, we don't run exactly in the same circles. No, nobody's or, mad at each yeah, other. No, but nobody's mad yeah. at each other. Yeah. Uh, need some help? I'll help him. Yep. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And so the application here for everybody is don't give up. Mm. Don't, don't just wash your hands of a situation. Mm. I don't know how much longer he's going to live there. I don't know how much longer I'm going to live there. Mm. I've got four kids. I was thinking... You're mad about my dog barking every once in a while. I got four screaming kids out here in the yard that don't bother you. Yeah. You know, and so that that was kind of my my thought process. But I could have easily said, you know what, I'm done with this guy. Mm. I'm not going to have any more dealings with Mm. him. Not going to give him eye contact. Not going to give him time of day. And initially, that may have been my thought. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, just just a human nature. Yeah. But I got to thinking about it. What example am I setting for my kids if I do that? Mm. What example am I setting for my neighbor Yeah. that's young? Yeah. How is this going to affect him throughout the rest of his life on how he treats his neighbors? Mm. And so I made the conscious decision mm. to make sure that I didn't give up. That's cool. And, and so we, we and that's kind of what Jesus said. Yeah. He, he said, you know, and I can't remember right now the, the scripture off the top of my head, um, but, but, he, but he's talking about a neighbor in the middle of the night, and he goes and he knocks on his neighbor's door and he said, I, I've had a visitor come. I don't have anything prepared for them. Mm. Can you please help me out? And he said, dude, I'm already in bed. Mm. I'm, I'm in bed with my wife and my kids. I don't have anything. Go away. Mm. It, it was talking about prayer. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the neighbor's persistence just kept knocking on the door mm. the neighbor gets up and he helps him mm. and, and you know that that prayerful attitude 
mm. goes a long ways with us here mm. in, in helping our neighbor. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's about persistence. It, it, it is about a continuation of, mm. of loving, mm-hmm. not giving up when That's things go good, south. Man. Well, and I love how you talked about <clears throat> just the that reality and that great story. And I feel like in those situations, what's what I'm what my nature wants to do is only think about what's wrong with that person. Mm-hmm. When in the reality is I got just as many flaws and I'm contributing to the problem too, whether yes, I want to admit it or very not. Very much. Which is what's awesome about your story is had you just kind of got stuck in your, and you, you're having the thought process. You're kind of going, how am I going to handle this? And you're having some good godly thoughts of, wait a second, like, wait, how I respond in this situation matters. And you're yes. kind of coming to terms with, which is, I, I love that reality. Cause if we're going to really love neighbors, this is part of life. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> seeing how, cause in any, any conflict of situations, you, I feel like that's our reactions. Like we want to never admit that we've done wrong or that we could possibly contribute to the problem. By the way, even if they've done something wrong, I mean, a neighbor showing up angry at night and accusing you. I mean, that's already kind of like you just showing up from church. That I mean, I would at this point, I'd call you innocent, you know, right in that scenario mm-hmm. at, at the beginning. Right. And so even when we don't do anything wrong and we find ourselves in situations like that, be willing to say, OK, well, because as time goes on, if we're passive, if we don't say anything, then, yeah, you're right. Then now all of a sudden I, it, the problems I, I can't keep my excuse. What am I going to do? Get to God and be like, well, God. You know, here's here's the ten things they did, and this is my reason mm-hmm. why I never loved him back. Yep. I don't have a feeling, God. God, I don't think it's like, hmm. What did I say in my word? I'm pretty sure I made it pretty clear. There were no exceptions. There were no clauses. Well, if they do this, then all right, you get a pass. You don't have to love that person. Yep. <laughs> like I don't see that in scripture. But we do this. Mm-hmm. We do this a lot. And the crazy thing about that story is, one day I went over and helped unsolicited and i'm not saying that you know to brag no, or anything, you're but, just want to help yeah but, I'm, I'm but, with you. you know i went over and helped and i went back and i was sitting on my back porch and i could hear him and his wife speak not that i'm you know eavesdropping i'm just in my yard and uh, he said he came over and helped me this and his wife went really what mm. and so they could tell that that there was yeah that, that there either was I was mad, there was, there was tension, yeah. yes. either they messed up or, yeah. or or I messed up or however it was, but they could they could see from, that it really wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, being neighborly, That's right. you know, it can become a big deal. And, and it's powerful when you show love and practically in that scenario an act of service when they know there's tension there. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. When we're interacting with people, we talk about this time, whether it's marriage or, or your family, your kids. I mean, if you're going to live with people, if you're really going to interact with people, there's going to be conflict and tension, right? Oh, yes. That in of itself is not bad necessarily. How we respond really matters. Mm-hmm. And I love how in that situation, you see the power of when there's tension, what happens when one person decides to kind of, in spite of all that, say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do this. And, mm-hmm. and God uses that stuff. And I think that's really cool that you were aware and you paid attention because you could have sat there. And, and I love this because it's just a real it's real life. What you could have sat there and just been like, oh, you know, you can't show up at my house at nine o'clock at night acting all crazy and angry mm-hmm. when I, and expect me to help. You know, you could have gone down that road, but you didn't. You know, I think that's pretty powerful. And I appreciate you sharing that story. And it, and it is worth just us learning from. Right. Because it is. I mean, I think that's the goal. Because whether it's a student or whoever's, I mean, listening, we all have these interactions. We have people we're good with. And I mean, I think of the scripture, is it Romans? I don't know the reference. Haven't reviewed it in a while. But it says, 
make every effort to live at peace with all men, mm-hmm. which the implication to me is we won't always be at peace with all men, but my job is to make every effort to be, which is what I heard you communicating. You did in that situation like that was you making an effort, right? And and sometimes it doesn't even take a conversation. Sometimes it's just doing an act of service. Like, Hey, I'm going to just do this. And yeah. it communicated obviously through what his wife was saying mm-hmm. that, that, that said a lot, that spoke a lot. And, um, you know, I, I just love that that's an opportunity we have if we're paying attention and not just in our relationships where we're all good, but in the ones that there is conflict and that there is tension, not just checking out. And I love your message of don't give up on those, you know, and, and pay attention. And, and who knows in time what God may, what door may open to help make peace in that situation. But if know. we check out and if we give up, we never get to see that. Mm-hmm. And I love how, you know, that that's, how did you say that earlier? That um, caring, uh, there's a cost in caring? Yeah, there, there's a cost to care, and there's an even greater cost in not caring. And the cool thing is there's reward if we care. There's that. There's a beautiful reward if we pay the cost. Mm-hmm. There's rewards on that side that some people never experience because they never, they just check out. They give up. Yeah. Like, well, this, this conflict, I'm out, right? Or they fight, and it just gets to where two people, they just, they're, Instead of flighters, they're fighters, and so then they just get tired of fighting, and so they they just don't interact, right? Yes, yes. That's kind of the two ways mm-hmm. it goes. So, you know, oh man, I, I love that that uh, that paying attention to our relationships in life and 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 our neighbors and new neighbors that God brings along in new situations and new things we do, and whether it's a move or a new dorm or a new classmate and pick up a new hobby and meet some people through that. I mean. You know, I just think we are so quick to, if there's conflict, we're just like, I'm out when I love that message, that plain and very straightforward when you gave, which is look, don't give up. Like, like maybe, maybe God's going to use that conflict in a big way. And, you know, there's some pretty powerful stories of people who've had great conflict and who have come out friends in the end Mm -hmm. because they were willing to interact and, you know, have time together and reach some common ground. And even if they don't, agree on the same things at the end of the day there there's some common ground they found and some respect they found and thus they they can love each other wouldn't that be great if everybody could find some common (laughs) ground whether it's just that we both breathe and we can love and respect one another i told some college students not that long ago i was like hey what what do you have in common with everybody on the face of the earth i think that's a great question because i i feel like some people and i've struggled too but i feel like god's helped me in this perspective that I, I can I can I can have a conversation with anybody. I don't care their beliefs, and I'm not mad. We can talk. I've had conversations with atheists, um, you know, people that believe drastically different than me on on a variety of issues, and we end a conversation on campus, friends. Like, all right, man, I really enjoyed that conversation. I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at them for mm. believing differently than me. It's like, you know, I think we need to get back to. Hopefully, this it's encouraging to me just to hear you talk about it. And I hope anybody listening just you know, loving your neighbor and loving people, there is going to be conflict. There is going to be disagreements and we got to learn how to not check out and to, to your point, to not give up on those relationships. We got to learn that. I mean, man, there's fam, you know, every, it's like every family has that situation where like so-and-so ain't going to talk to so-and-so. It's like, what's going to happen to Thanksgiving, man? So mm-hmm. They're going to have to be around each other. It's going to be crazy. That's right. It's like, it's like these happen because people are, let's just be real. They're so immature. And, and I've, I've been tempted to go down that road. We all get mm-hmm. tempted to, to have immaturity in that way. And yet, um, so I love that challenge of don't give up. 
anything else practically that comes to your mind or any other scripture, biblical examples when you think about just loving neighbors and how we can do that well? May I, it, the, be, the best, best part for us, loving our neighbors, um, you know, he, he said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 47, and it says, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Mm. If you're if you're just treating those, that's that scripture. I was that's yeah, the one in my yeah. brain. Now I, I couldn't reference it. That's good. Yeah, it, it, I mean, what do you do more what than others? What are you others? doing more than others? And that that is huge for 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 Jesus to say, look, yeah, yeah, you 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 do this, mm-hmm. but don't even the the most hated hated people. The Jews hate tax collectors almost as much as they do Samaritans because mm. tax collectors are Roman. They just do whatever the yeah. Romans say, and they take from you and give yeah. to them. Don't even tax collectors do that? Mm. And for Jesus to say, look, what are you doing? Mm. If you don't love people, if you don't see them as your neighbor, if you don't bless those who curse you, if you don't love those who hate you, mm. I mean, what are you doing that somebody else didn't do? Mm. And so I, I think it, our testimony there, it's a very good question for us. Mm. And it's a very good question for us to, to remember. What what do you do more than others? Mm. And Jesus, you know, we're talking about going the extra mile, mm-hmm. going the first mile. Mm-hmm. Jesus went the first mile. He took a step out of heaven. Mm. And it, it would have, you know, Jesus knew what he was coming to. Mm. And Jesus said, look, I'm going. I'm taking that first mile, that first step. The second mile is going to be painful. Mm. It, it, it's going to hurt me. Mm. I'm gonna have to take the sin of everybody on my shoulders, and I'm gonna die for them. Mm. What did you do more than others? Mm. See, Jesus did. Not only did he say it, he did it. He lived it, and that's what we need. Yeah. We, we we need yeah. to understand that concept that he's still not gonna give up on you. Mm-hmm. He's still gonna let you know that he's there. Mm-hmm. And so that that's that's that, that's, that's, that's that's a good question. And, and so you know, you, you just have to ask yourself, who can I be a neighbor to? Mm-hmm. Who can I go the extra mile for? Mm-hmm. Who can I love, yeah. even when they don't love me? Mm. And so that's uh, that's I think that's what it boils down to. That's powerful, man. You know, no, that's awesome. I love it. I I think it it's interesting how you know our question of who is our neighbor really kind of quickly turns into how okay, who is them and how do I love them? And how do I handle when, you know, this, this love your enemy, this love, your, you know, I, I love how Jesus was wise enough to teach us that because he knew if he just said, love your neighbor, we, we would define yeah. that our own way. Yeah. Like, All right. I'll love these people over here who love me back. Mm-hmm. If those people don't love me, I'm just gonna have nothing to do with them. It's like, ah, you know, it's interesting. He prayed for his disciples. He said, you know, father, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil. And so clearly, you know, his purpose is, is intentional in leaving us here when we come to know him. I mean, he's got a purpose for us in interaction with both believers and non-believers like people, man, we all, we all have something in common and, you know, I, I appreciate your challenge uh, just to us to, to really think about those things. Anything else that comes to mind before we close out? Anything you want to share? No, man. I, you know, it, it like I said, it, that cost, mm. it, it, it weighs on you. But it's worth it. That's good. It's worth it. That's good. 
So I love the challenge because as you are listening in and you're maybe you've maybe God's brought someone to mind and, and a neighbor to mind that you're like, man, I got this situation right here and I don't really know how to respond. I, I think it's it's worth emphasizing your point of cost because it's, it's not going to be easy to love them, but it's going to be worth it. Right. So whatever it is that if you're if you pay attention to the Holy Spirit and he leads you to do something, you might you're probably gonna have thought like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> this is the cost. Right. You got something you got to give up. So it's, this is part of the war of your mind and your heart. Right. Like which is going to win the flesh of the spirit. And, you know, if the flesh wins and you 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 counted the cost and said, I'm good. If the spirit wins, you count the cost and said, all right, it's worth it. Yeah. I don't like this. I don't really want to do this. But that gummit, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is kind of how it works. I mean, maybe people are better than that. That's how it works with me. Sometimes I'm like, Definitely. I don't always Definitely. go. Sometimes I go kicking and screaming, but I trust God in in the process of it, and it always comes out right in the end. Uh, rarely, sometimes God will, you know, I'll, I'll respond. But but sometimes it's not always that easy. But but I love that man. I just appreciate you, and I'm grateful for this conversation. Oh yeah. And just appreciate um, you guys who are in Russellville. If you want to reach out to Kelly, you know where to find him and uh, over at victory missionary Baptist. And of course I'm here and uh, we just hope and pray that this has been a blessing to you, that you've heard something that can challenge you and how you identify your neighbors, how you can love your neighbors, not the way you define that, but the way that Jesus himself declared it and showed us. And so Kelly, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for letting me be here. Appreciate you. Well, until next time, I'm Justin Myrick, encouraging us to stay connected to church, connected to one another, and most importantly, connected to the God we love and serve. God bless.